0: Hi, welcome to Life's a Pitch. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Tony Evans of The Evening Standard and David Walker of The Daily Mirror. Pathetic, inept, embarrassing, a complete and utter shambles. These things happen according to Roy Hodgson. Really? The England football team plays under false pretenses. Players and managers are overrated, overpaid, overindulged. They're ruined by flattery and false praise. We'll talk about Hodgson's successor, but Tony,
1: will anything really change? Well, it should do, and it should do quickly, and it should be easy to do it. But you know, looking at past performance, no, it won't, because the FA are inept. the The line I thinking in English football is 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 stupid and archaic. And what the response to this will be? To look what people do elsewhere and go, oh, who can we copy next? Remember, they tried to copy uh, the Ajax academy system. Then it was like, oh, Claire Fontaine, let's build our version of, and then it was oh, 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 Barcelona and Spain, let's be like them. And then it was Germany. You know what? No one's thinking. What do English players do well? How can we? Get, get the players here to play in a way that suits them. And until someone starts thinking like that and put in a manager who can work them into a system that suits them and get them to, to play to a plan, it won't be the same. Hodgson was completely the wrong man. The FA have just wasted four years and God knows how many millions of pounds. £14, to, 14 you
0: know. million, pounds, David. Mm. There's no way that's value. No. Is that just a red herring? are we looking at something much more important than one man's salary, which is the system that created him?
2: Yes, but I'm not being facetious here. Remember, Roy was seen as good value for money Mm. after Capello and others that had gone before him. So this was a sound opportunity to make the finances a bit more sane. So you're absolutely right. There are flaws in the DNA of English football. One of them is in the appointment of England managers by the FA, who, if you look back right back to the 70s, basically lurch from one to an opposite, be it mm. in his temperament, in his age, in his nationality. So we'll embrace a foreigner, but if that doesn't work, oh, it's got to be an English appointment. If it's an old Englishman, we've got to go for a young. Mm. So, for instance, after Sir Alf Ramsey, was famed for being taciturn and not speaking to the press, Don Reevey was famed as being the man who embraced all the press and was always about. So it's there, it's been set, and that's the way the FA react to things. I hope that will swap that will change and they will bring in a view of this is a future this is a strategy that works for England but I don't want what happened last night the Iceland defeat to be solely put on Roy Hodgson's toes because whilst he and his coaching staff were culpable Mm -hmm. for a lot of things that have happened out in that tournament you have to say a number of England players have failed to deliver players who we see week in week out playing well for their clubs, who clearly suffer some sort of mental issue when they're asked to play on an international field. And that is a huge issue that needs resolving. Mm,
0: but it does need strong, principled, intelligent management. And you know, we've looked at Roy Hodgson, and, and I take your point that it's not all his fault, David, but he scuttles away without a press conference, <coughs> without a, part, a parting word. There's, there's a degree of arrogance in that which actually Taints the entire England setup.
1: Oh, without a doubt. You know, it's a perfect example of someone not taking responsibility, not fronting up. The players in the shirts on the pitch didn't take responsibility. Yes, they were saddled with archaic tactics and a game plan that really was well, it was non-existent. Brain dead, dead, was it? Brain mm. dead. But you know what? Someone's got to take responsibility. Someone on the pitch should be saying, "All right, you know, we we, we can beat these." This, there was so much pace in that squad, and it was squandered. You know, it was just um, the the four goal scorers that you you know you'd actually most of the squads in the the, the competition would would kill for, and you know and didn't get you know didn't get anything out of them, and some but someone had to say you know no this is you know we won't play this way let's get on the ball let's get it up forward fast and let's let's exploit you know. Essentially, weaker opposition. That group was a nine-point group. And, and never mind going out to Iceland last night, they were a last-minute goal against Wales uh, when they were playing 4 4 a cavalry charge. Mm. You know, the charge of the light brigade. Mm-hmm. Very light. Um, mm. uh, uh, they they were that late goal away from going out in the group stage. Mm. Why is it
0: but England players, as you say, David, they, they play well every day. every day that they turn up in the Premier League, that they become almost mentally flaccid. You know, they just can't Mm. respond. There's no mental strength there.
2: I've got a personal theory. As you know, I worked in football for five years around the early 2000s, and I saw something then that I think is getting worse now, and it's this. I think there are some players, and I think there probably always have been, who see this as a proper profession, a very highly paid one, who spot what their deficiencies are, who adapt to sensible, and I say this proper lifestyle in terms of how they behave off the field, who spot things that they need to work on and will go and do extra sessions with coaches and remain really grounded. And I promise you, there are a number of good pros, some of whom aren't English, some of whom may never get in the England squad, but actually work at it and appreciate Mm. their trade. Mm. Sadly, I saw the other side, and let's be blunt, there's probably a few of these in the England squad right now, where they're not diligent in terms of professionalism. They get caught in two mates. It's not one scrape in the early hours of the morning outside a club with mates. It's two, three, and four scrapes. And some of those people, I think, are working on the basis. Well, what have I got to lose? You're paying me all this money. Mm. It's a short career. I'll have a laugh with it, and I'll make the most of it. And they skulk away. In a sense, I wouldn't accuse Roy Hodgson of that, but his skulking away last night with that emphasizes how you get away with it mm. so we need more people who have been brought up properly through an academy system that can work and develop players but where they've got proper standards and a proper appreciation so for instance just finish off on one mm. thing mike italy were brilliant yesterday but they're a hard drilled really well coached team by Conte. he has mm. worked hours on a training ground with them You know it, Matt. We've been there. Mm -hmm. If he tried those things, it'd be great to see what happens at Chelsea. The world will come out, oh, the players don't fancy this, he's working them too hard, and they'll start stopping away. With the Italian lot, their mentality as we work,
0: I fear that is the sort of thing
2: in our DNA that's got to be sorted out. It's got to be
0: cleared out. And it's not rocket science, is it? It's excellence through repetition, Mm -hmm. which is not just about Italian football. You know, I've done quite a lot of work with Olympic athletes. And you speak to an Olympic champion and ask them, what is the most important Mm -hmm. factor in success in elite sport? And they will point to their head and they will say, mental strength and the ability to actually almost respect your talent. Mm-hmm. and give everything you can.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are not, not enough players committed to improvement. I mean, you know, you you, you you look, you can blame the club, you can blame the coaching. But, I mean, famously, Manchester United, Beckham went back, you know, Gary Neville went back in the afternoons, and they taught themselves to do things. You know, Beckham became the best of free kicks in the world, the best of crosses. Gary Neville turned himself into a brilliant up-and-down full-back, uh, wing-back, really. And the commitment to the trade, you look at the other Players like Carragher, who really never had the talent to be at the top level, but by sheer force of will and work and have his craft, developed into a, a, a fine player. Mm. You know, it's um, and and there are players like that, but there's not enough of it. You look at, within the England squad. You look at Raheem Sterling, who's crossing's weak, who's um, who's shooting's poor, whose decision making's awful. You know what? He's got all the pace in the world. He should be tearing up this tournament, but he hasn't.
0: Mm. And we've got a system where. Agents are appro- approaching eight, ten-year-old boys. Mm. You've got teenagers asking for, actually demanding, 35, pounds £50,000 a week without any first-team experience, and they're being indulged. Mm. That way is madness. Totally.
2: I've got sight. I actually have a copy of a contract, a Premier League player, who was signed at 16 on a half million pounds signing on fee and was immediately put on at 16 from leaving school on £25,000 a week, basic wage. Bonuses tied in there over the life of this about if he made progress into the under-21 team, into the first team and renegotiation. The amount of... and then loyalty payments on top of that, but you're left with... Where is the hunger for anybody if you're going to give them as a basic salary over a million pound a year age 16? I mean, to me, that, that, that is just, it's an insult to the logic of rewarding people for achieving mm. success. You're, you're actually just sating there, and maybe the parents desire for money, you might as well pack in now. It's, mm. just, it's just madness.
0: So someone like Gareth Southgate is actually mm. working in that development, in inverted commas, environment at the moment. Mm. He's a company man and is the favourite to become the next England manager, whether that's on a full-time basis or on in an interim basis. One, do you expect him to get the job? And two, how will he do the job?
1: Well, I'd expect him to get the job. Uh, I wonder whether he's got the personality to go in and shake up the dressing room, to shake up the squad and change the, the mentality, hold people accountable. You know, it's, um, I mean, one of the things that's sh- changed in the game over the last uh, few years is perhaps players are too nice... You know, it's um, they, they, you know, it used to be a very, very Darwinian world. Those dressing rooms mm-hmm. where people would be called to account. You know, no one seems to have that. Mm-hmm. There's no one in that England squad with that nasty edge. Who you'd be well, Verdi has to a certain extent, but he won't have the uh, the presence in that. You know, that squad. To, but to call people out and to challenge them and to you know, it, it, it's. I mean, the money. Doesn't help, but it's the mentality, it's the 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 mindset to be a winner, and you know the money makes them think they've won anyway. In the game of life, well, it's reward on. without achievement, yeah. isn't it? But, yeah. But you know, it's uh, I, I mean, the, the, there's players, there's lots of players I know who go out and they play for, they pay for play for a tenner a week. They just want to win, but there's too many who are, are going out and you know just to, to doing the job.
2: I think Tony's right with this because too, I remember in the seventies and early eighties that great Liverpool team. Bob Paisley just had to lob the thing in. It was a f- the famous thing where he had called a team meeting having a bad run and said, some of yous Aren't doing it and just walked out, and it sparked this incredible row mm. with all the players in there. But you've got people mm. like Souness and Kenny, Dale, so I'm not having it implied that I'm not. Next thing is they transform the season, win the league, as Alex Ferguson has admitted at Man United. Some of their biggest showdowns, he wasn't even in the room. The players would call mm. their own what, meeting. Michael and absolutely Michael like Brown, that. Robson, and then it became Roy Keane and Cantona would have his say. And they were not, and uh, you know Roy Keane and Gary Neville's confirmed mm. it. They were not bosom buddies and people who wanted. To, they were professional footballers doing a job. But that that Keane, Gary Neville mentality, and Keane the winner, mm. Gary how he realised how he he personally had to work because he was the last pick of coming out of the academy to get mm. a, a mm. contract then. What he did to work at that's the exact mentality we need the whole of the England team to be based around. Then you've got a chance, as it is, too many of them are flimsy people. Yeah.
0: So we talk about the England manager's job being the impossible job. Now, I have to think that Hodgson got off pretty lightly and he, mm. and he didn't have to resign in a toilet like Kevin Keegan, for instance. But is that a job that if you're a Premier League manager,
1: you wouldn't touch that with a barge pole, would you? What well, I don't know, I think it's the easiest job in the world. I mean, you know, they, I keep hearing it's the impossible job. You know, what cowardice it is from them all. I and mean, the Hodgson was, you know, he, he took a cowardly approach to it. You go in there, especially with this squad, you look at the strikers. You all have a bit of that. Midfielders, you've got Deli Ali coming through. You know, you've got um, a, a, you know, you've got Dyer, who's a, who's a good player. You know, look at that, there's Sterling in this piece. Oh well, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. If, if someone can sort John Stones out, you've got a proper centre-half. There's, there's a platoon of fullbacks who were excellent. You know, among the successes. Right. I'd be going, bring them on. You know what? It doesn't take much to organise these boys. All right, lads, get the ball. Get it up quick. You know, let's, let's, let's get it into the area where the goal scorers can hurt them. It, you know, it's not right. rocket science, but it's. People approach it in such a timid way, and they approach playing for England in such a timid way. God, you know, I, we're an opportunity, and, you know, and people are going, ooh, ooh, it's an impossible i tell you t- t- what,
2: though, Mike. I think the FA have missed the boat here now because that is, as an organisation, they are wracked by financial issues and where they're trying mm. to change their structures, where some really good people have been made redundant mm. or driven out of the business, mm. so they're bringing things down, which is part of where Roy Hodgson was and how he survived two years ago... And the fact is, if you're pitching, if you're saying, would a top Premier League manager leave a job there to walk into the FA? I think the answer is a firm no. Now the days where the Capello-type thing and Sven mm. were on the real big books and people said, oh, well, I'd take that. I think that that boat has sailed. But but, it's a big but if you look at it, Tony's right. There is still a channel. Somebody always wants to step into it. I have a theory that. Gareth Southgate will get it by mm. default because he's in the building mm. and he'll
0: be cheap. yeah, and you know they'll miss the miss the trick because if you look at what happened with the England rugby team where yeah. they they absolutely they fell to pieces mentally during their own World Cup, they get a really good coach in there, takes no nonsense, has his own captain, his standard bearer, Dylan Hartley. You know, Eddie Jones has transformed that team in six months, so it is possible.
1: Well, without a doubt, you know often people say, "Oh, managers don't, managers don't really matter." They do, and that's a perfect example of, of how they do it. One, you get the mind, you get the minds right. Two, accountability becomes a big thing, which you know is very big in the England England camp. And three, give them a game plan they can work to and understands. And look at the opposition's weaknesses now; you can exploit them. We saw none of that with Hodgson's yeah. England. None of it. And,
2: and the other thing is, Tony, the rugby guys I've admit Eddie Jones turned to them, and this was a team that had been at a World Cup and flopped, and mm. said you guys aren't fit both physically and mentally mm. and you think what well, with all the physiological background the RFU and he made them do drills and work them again and again and got them tougher mm. mentally and fitter now point being Mike mm. you have to have footballers who are going to buy into that mm. that is the key issue whatever you're going to drop in whoever you're going to bring in as the manager whatever his system the players have to buy into it and that's one of the key things that worries now.
0: So which players will survive this you know you look at Wayne Rooney, would he be worth sticking with? Younger players obviously will, will evolve and others will emerge, but who are going to be the casualties of all this?
1: Well, Rooney's got to be the big one, hasn't he? You know, it's... Um, Hodgson stuck with him and he built his team around him. He shoehorns him into positions that perhaps he shouldn't have been anywhere near. And you know what? People say, oh, he got rave reviews, you No, know, sitting deep spraying those balls. And you know, and he did look good. It was easy on the eye, also easy on the opposition. Look at the score line. The Americans have a saying, scoreboard dudes, and the scoreboard tells you a really ugly story. Rooney had the space to, to, to play his game, but you know what? He's at his best when he's in the opposition penalty area and hurting people, and perhaps he's passed his best. I'd move on this obsession with the captaincy and I try and build around the young players and just take advantage of all the pace that's there the speed kills as they say and England's at it and didn't use it
0: what about Joe Hart well I've
1: been
2: doing a column through the tournament with Ronald Koeman you know was obviously won the European Championship as a player and got a very good take on world football and I just mentioned earlier, and it was obviously before last night's game, about Joe Hart being vulnerable and you know the goals he'd been letting in. And he, of course, had worked with Fraser Forster at Southampton, mm. and he said, listen, <laughs> make no mistake, Fraser Forster is now ready to be England's number one goalie. Said, in temperament, very different to Joe Hart about the way he mm. conducts himself, but he said, on ability, he's there. Now, he actually did say... I bet Roy Hodgson won't want to change his goal at mid-tournament because of where you are and the things it entails. But he said, going forward, there is no doubt in his mind that Fraser Forster's ready. I've got to say, the way you see Joe Hart flapping at things... and. As has been mentioned, the way he almost oversights himself up, and you, you're almost wanting to carry. It reminded me of seeing Paul Gascoigne before that famous cup final mm-hmm. where he's looking like a man demented and then goes and wires into the tackle on mm-hmm. Gary Charles. And you're thinking of all the things Gazza needed that day, it was calming down, not yeah. winding up. Mm-hmm. And Joe Hart appears to be in that. Yeah. I think we've got to
0: come to terms with the fact that England teams are, are pretty unpopular globally you know a lot of people would be laughing not just behind their hands with this mm-hmm. around the football world there was a great video of the welsh team watching yeah, england yeah. what about wales can you try and put into perspective their achievement they're in the quarter final tough game against belgium but at least they're there
1: yeah and and that's all point of tournaments and you know they they're quite the opposite. they know they're not good enough but they work together you know and and one of the the, the things is And I think it's it's, uh, something we've seen in the Premier League over the past... 15 years, this obsession with marquee players, with superstars, you know, these phrase, marquee phrase, uh, players has come into the, the lexicon. And, you know, we've you know, we a big sign in this year. No, it's a team game. What you what you need to do is get a group of 11 players who are greater than the sum of the parts. And Wales have done that. England was significantly less than the sum of the parts. Mm. And people have got to get away from, oh, we've got the stars, we've got all the stars. Oh, how can we get Wayne Rooney in this team? Well, you know what? Maybe the team will work better without him. Maybe Maybe get people who aren't so good, but will run for the people around them. And Jose Mourinho, when it's his best teams, he talks about this band of brothers ethic, where they all, they they, they all just go to the wall for each other, and that's what creates winning sides. Mm -hmm. Uh, A a succession of highly, uh, a group of highly talented individuals Mm -hmm. is always going to bomb out. And then Um,
2: the other thing with Wales is, let's be honest with this. They are dominated by one key mm. player, without mm. a doubt. And Gareth... one,
1: one
0: key player with the right instincts, Absolutely grounded,
2: humble. correct. I was just going to say, when we were talking earlier about the DNA footballers and how they approach it and the career aspect, there is a guy that all the feedback I've heard tells me what a good guy... Mm. always kept his humility and aware of his roots, has gone to Real Madrid as the most expensive player in the mm. world and attempted, as best he had, to embrace Madrid, Real Madrid as a football club, not try to play, well, I've cost all this mm. money, so you've got to bow to me, I'm now that. He has worked away, and according to people who know him much better than me and who deal with him on a daily basis, they say... The guy is still the same Gareth Bale that first went into Southampton. People approach him for things. Can you help with this? Can you... mm. He is always giving, always of his time, his energy. He's brilliant. Now, that is what I'm saying to you. We need more of that. The gifted player who knows his part and plays that part. And guess what? The
1: Welsh players respect him for mm. it. And the thing is as well, we've seen the transformation in Gareth Bale in this tournament. Because you know, in the Real Madrid dressing room, he's a uh, you know he's a bit of a uh, sort of he's very quiet. You know, he's not part of the. Cliques. He's actually shown up better than Cristiano Ronaldo, haven't he? Well, yeah, yeah, but also he's come out and he's become vocal. He's shown signs of leadership for the first mm. time. You know, it's um, you know he sort of basically you know laughed off England and Hodgson, quite rightly so. You know, it's uh, mm. and and the, the the Wales squad have responded to that because not only is he a nice guy not only you know he doesn't sort of pull the superstar stunts yeah. and you know and, and and pull rank on them but he's emerging as a leader and they'll follow him.
0: Mm. Mm. they're playing Belgium mm. in, in many ways they're they're the epitome of what you talked about a team of talented individuals mm. are they a team Wales got any chance of beating them
2: they've got a chance I've got to say the way and if as a Chelsea fan I'd be thinking what was Aidan Hazard <laughs> doing all last season but You look at the personnel and Belgium should win that game. But Chris Coleman has got a system that works for his team. Mm. They've bought into it and he does have one of the great match winners in the whole tournament in Bale. So Wales have a real chance. Of course Belgium should win, but Wales are in there and you get Gareth Bale on the ball or taking one of those free kicks as he does Mm. and there's, there's another win in it for them.
0: What about the game that England should have been in? France, France against Iceland. What's your view on the hosts, Tony?
1: Well, they they haven't quite they haven't quite fired yet. have they? I mean, they've got a lot of good players. I mean, I I, I kind of don't get the Pogba thing. Mm. Everyone's you know always tells me how great Pogba is, and then I see him. He's he's kind of ex- explosive. He would worked great in the Premier League. You know, he's he's very physical but dumb. Makes bad decisions. You know, it's a Love him in the Premier League. Uh, I think Griezmann is going to be a real danger. He, he looked a bit out of form at the beginning of the, um, the, 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 the tournament, but the, the partnership with Giroud is working for them, I think. That will cause Iceland a few problems. And you could see Iceland towards the end of the England game. You would see they were knackered. You know, they, they, they started the same team in all the games mm. so far in the Euros. They'll undoubtedly be as close to that team as possible you know against france so you'd think france could go through but let's face it we're all icelandic now
0: (laughs) what about Giroud? you know you mentioned him you know here's someone who's being booed by his own fans Mm. you know a matter of weeks ago Mm. playing an absolutely pivotal role
2: and face the fact that
0: in the french media and with the french
2: fans they don't you know just as arsenal fans saying we need a clinical strike we don't want this guy in the national team there's been no respite for him and yet he just seems to have it again there is probably a degree of self-belief in there that's sees him through all this mm-hmm. you know despite the criticism he, he's done well and you watch him in games you think gosh he's, he's got a level of fitness of strength he's looking strong out there and looks like he's going to be a problem for people I've got to say I'm intrigued one thing I'd love to see now going forward what the French do about long throws against Iceland seriously in that mm-hmm. It is a different thing. We, we were dealing with that 20 years ago and everybody mm. was doing it. It's drifted out of the game. Mm. Iceland have turned the clock back with that. Let's just see how France cope with that.
0: Mm. So, Tony, Portugal, another one-man team, certainly according to Mr Ronaldo, how are they going to get on against Poland?
1: Well, I mean, Ronaldo has a bad start of the tournament, but you, you can see he's, you know, he's growing. And he'll be have been lifted by Messi missing the penalty in the, uh, the Copa America. And Argentina lose, and hmm. you know neither of them's won a, a international championship, and he'll have one eye on that. Uh, Ronaldo, England, Portugal are very much like England, loads of talented young players, but like they all have to subvert the game to Ronaldo. And um, at 31, with the tens nicest he's got, he's, he, he hasn't got that ability to carry a team like he once had. Hmm. But can he drag them through a couple more games? Wouldn't surprise me. Mm, I,
0: yeah, I, I quite like. Poland, they look really solid to me, mm. you know, very good at the back. Mm. Um, the sort of team that you'll find a couple of those players being signed when the transfer window opens mm. in a couple of weeks. Well, again, I mean,
2: we've not seen Lewandowski on the goal scoring mm. sort of sheet yeah. She, yeah, You're left perplexed by that because you think he's going to come good. I think the one that struck me watching them is Blazikowski, the midfield player who's, whose work rate is incredible. You know, he mm. really does cover yards. So I think, yeah, you, you're looking at a team i, I 've got a, f- a theory that the, that the now the teams stand out that t- mm. it's very hard for a one man you know like you saying that the Ronaldo yeah. carry in Portugal. I think Poland will catch them now. I, th- I think you'll see the best teams will suddenly get through into the last four
0: mm. almost a final in itself on Saturday, Germany against Italy, Germany you know, only team not to concede Italy, as we said earlier on, David, a
1: masterclass um, in their last sixteen game, that's going to be fascinating, isn't it? We all know the stat, that Germany don't beat Italy in tournaments, and you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if that continues. Germany have been very good. I mean, the way they picked apart Slovakia, the, you know, in, England couldn't break them down. They just did it these, but there isn't a snap about the passing that there was two years ago there's a little bit of a lack of pace the same as with Spain and Italy exploited that uh, you know I'd expect Italy to have a similar game plan against Germany as they had with Spain and they'll be looking to get the ball forward quick and you know and 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 get amongst those German defenders which uh, again is probably the weakest department of the side um uh, you know Italy a look anonymous that's for sure.
0: Three, five, two—very, very clever system. If mm. it's worked well, as we said earlier, you know, it has to be really regimented. Mm. Chelsea fans looking at that—are they seeing a bit of a blueprint for what their season might be next season?
2: Well, I think, I think the coach is smart enough to know you've got to work with the players you've got, mm-hmm. and clearly, he's, he's the basis of his. the the back is working with Buffon and the back three is from Juventus so he knew what he was getting and they are brilliant and I've got to say it was pointed out to me a few years ago and I stand by this now the Italian defenders are brilliant because they see an art form in defending, and yet they are ruthless and brutal at times, but at times the way they'll block people and just use the body for strength, not hitting and kicking people, but the actual intelligence they've got, they're they're, they're fantastic at it. But the other thing that struck me watching them, particularly in the the win over Spain, they're playing Spain who still have got this one thing driven around Iniesta of they will get the ball in midfield. Italy just go we're not going to play that way. We don't want to get into this. We're not going to go three against three or try and play ticky-tacky in there. So every time they've got their wing-backs to spare, they get De Rossi on the ball, and he hits this big diagonal pass, and guess what? Two strikers and a full-back are tanking in at your defence very quickly because they're not playing ticky-tacky football through there. Now... I can appreciate the way Spain play, but I think you've got to admire Conte for saying, well, we'll take that bit out of the game and we'll play what we want to. And he's got Pello who is a great target man, mm. and the boy Adair, who's lightning quick, yeah. did the business off them. Mm. And, you, and every time you just watch you watch De Rossi on the ball, bang, and he changes the play and off they go. They're great. They're great today.
0: It, it. They'll
1: off the game the same yeah. way. Mm,
0: mm. Well, it's basics, isn't it? When you're, when you're being attacked condense the space mm-hmm. yeah. when you're going forward make broaden. it big make a big you know, stretch yeah. stretch the play yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's, you know, it's not rocket science well I found really interesting Hang on, Mike,
2: but why so why didn't Roy Hodgson in England do oh, that? well <laughs> they didn't pay
0: him enough David I no, think that's probably okay. <laughs> if you look at the 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 system that the Italians play um, do you think because you know we, we, we look at tournaments as almost like learning exercises do you expect English coaches to
1: try and pick up little bits and bobs from what's going on? Oh yeah, but we do it the wrong way over in this country. It's all monkey see monkey too. You know, instead of going, OK, you know, you look at Conte and well, he's, one of the things Conte also does a lot is change the shape of the team during games mm. to see how to, He's very, very pragmatic that way. But you know, no, we'll go, oh, the Italians have done that. Let's play their system. Let's get every kid from the age of ten through to the first team to play that system. And like and then we'll all be able to fit the you know, we'll all be able to slot the players in. No, you know what? Look at the team you've got and see how you can apply what they do to them. You know, pragmatism is so important in football and we've seen this mythology of systems, systems, you know what, Conti will switch his system, if it's not working against Germany, he'll change it, and and he's proud of it. And in his press conferences afterwards, he's always like, do you see the way he changed things? Mm. You know, I changed things twice, yeah, it worked, yeah. didn't it? And Very he spots pr- it,
2: that's the other yeah, thing, because yeah. mm. a lot of people you've seen just go, it's drifting, and he will bring somebody in ten yards, it mm. might be you you're coming out there, bring them in off the flanks, just tucking in there, and it just blocks off a threat. But do you know something, like, on, on this thing with we were saying about Conti and the way he changed it, you saw, down the years, England teams, when we used to set up with a 4-4-2, the number of times they'd say, oh, well, the opposition played three in midfield against us mm. and we couldn't get the ball off, because yeah. we were going two against three. So mm. what went wrong for England against Iceland then? Because we had three in that area, mm. with Wayne Rooney, mm. Dyer and Dele Alley. You never knew there was
0: an extra man in there because mm. the, the Iceland lot are playing a 4-4-2. Maybe we had a coach, to quote a Belgian <coughs> journalist after that game, who likened Roy Hodgson to a cow watching a train go past? If we take as red that we think that Gareth Southgate will take over, let's just be a bit. Let's play a bit of fantasy football here. Mm. Who should be, who should be the England manager?
1: It's oh, a difficult one. I mean, I, I I actually don't think it needs to be someone with uh, such a big name. You know, I think you could. You, you could argue Sam Allardyce's case, uh, and certainly I'd like to see them go for someone young and like Eddie Howe, and say, you know what, he's organised. His teams play good football. Um, you know, he, he, how he deal with the superstars would be interesting. Uh, I'm sure from what I know of him, he'd, uh, he'd slap them down and uh, I'd, I'd like to, to see something like that. We won't. We'll see Southgate and, you know, it's, um, we'll see the same old FA, that, you know. And, you know what, it's like, we'll get the same stuff, won't we? Oh, the lock and It won't be till 2022 next. It'll be, you know, uh, it'll be 2026. They'll be putting things in place so England will win the World Cup in 2026. You know what? No more jam tomorrow. Get someone in who can get them to win now. And who would that be, or should that be?
2: The one I've always thought I'd love to see as England manager... And he's not English, so that's going to go is Arsene Wenger. I'd love to see him, with his knowledge, and his knowledge of the global game and his tactical appreciation, have a run with England. But I'm certain it won't happen now because of his contractual situation and the fact that the FA aren't going to pay enough to get a, player, a
0: manager of Wenger's calibre into that job. Well, I agree with David. Wenger will be perfect. It won't happen, but it should. Thanks for joining us here on life's pitch Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.